we tend to consider our days as either big days or small days. Now, a big day is usually a public day. It's a day when people gather to mark the importance of that day. Days like birthdays or graduation days or Independence Day or Christmas Day or Memorial Day. These are the big days that we circle on our calendars, and we really don't need to be reminded of them. They're that big. We know they're coming. We're excited about them. Now, they can be bad days as well as good days. They can be days of great joy like the birth of a child or days of great sadness like the death of a spouse. Big days, whether they're good or bad, they cast a long shadow over the calendar. If they are good big days, we excitedly anticipate their arrival and we fondly remember them after they're gone. But if they're bad days, well, we dread their arrival and we have a hard time shaking the long grip of their grief. A small day, on the other hand, is usually a private day. It's a day when very few, if any, are watching or paying attention to what we're doing. It's a day, therefore, that's very easy for us to forget. In fact, even one week later, if someone asked you what you did on a particular small day, you wouldn't really remember what you did. You might have to check your calendar to begin to piece that day together. It's that small. You've already forgotten what happened. Now, we live for the big days, but we tend to struggle with and even despise the small days. There's just so many of them, and they're so mundane. But now, suddenly, all around the world, all of the big days have been taken from us and removed from our calendars. There are no public events now to look forward to, and there's no big trips for us to anticipate. Every single day is a small day now. And we are, honestly, we're struggling in the sea of all of these small days with no clear end in sight. Now, Zoom can be a helpful tool that many of us are using to connect, but in no way is a replacement for getting together personally. We had a family reunion on Zoom just last Sunday, and it was fun. We had, a, we had a great time, but it's nothing like an actual family reunion. My wife's family had a Zoom meeting a couple of weeks ago to share memories of her dad who passed recently because the funeral is not possible in this season right now. And it was a good time for the family, but in no way was it a replacement for a funeral. My brother welcomed their first grandchild into the world virtually. They couldn't go to the hospital to see him. So what are we to do with all of these small days and this relentless feeling of insignificance that accompany them? Well, we could watch Tiger King on Netflix. Netflix released this documentary on March 20th, the perfect timing for the arrival of the virus and all the stay-at-home orders that go with it. In just the first 10 days, 34.3 million people watched this show on Netflix, making it one of Netflix's most successful shows to date. Why? Why is this show so popular? Well, just look at the subtitle. Subtitle is Murder, Mayhem, and Madness. Those are not ordinary, small-day kinds of themes. And if you're going to get on Netflix, and you're going to get a show that generates 34 million viewers, it cannot be boring. Boring stuff doesn't make money because boring is what everyone's day-to-day -day life is often like. The guy's name is Joe Exotic. Now, of course, that's not his given name. His given name is Joseph Allen Schreibvogel. I mean, I almost fell asleep just trying to figure out how to pronounce that name. So if you want 34 million viewers in 10 days, you need both a name and a life that's exotic. 
This is why Netflix has shown no interest in doing a documentary on my daily life. In fact, if they were, I think the screenshot of the promo slide would look something like this. Bevan Unruh, mundane, mellow, and monotonous. That's usually the way my day-to-day life is. It's pretty routine. So the more time we spend watching shows, the more screen time we spend, the more we get the message. And that is that our life, our daily lives, are really not that important. But God has the exact opposite perspective on our days. What gathers an audience is not what's important in the eyes of God. It is the small days that gathers God's attention. It's the small days where God says the most important things really happen. Just simply because of the sheer number of the small days, there is a cumulative power that is resonant in each of these small days. So I think if God were to produce a TV show about a day in our lives, I think he would probably pick a seemingly mundane and ordinary day. A day that would never make it on real TV because, well, it's not interesting enough to hold anyone's attention. It's the small days that gets God's attention. An example of this is in the book of Zechariah. It's a small book near the end of the Old Testament. And this book is about the rebuilding effort of the temple in Jerusalem. Now, I think a documentary on this particular project would be fascinating to watch. And in a sense, this is God's documentary, his commentary on the rebuilding of the temple. But God's documentary consists of just one day in the entire effort of rebuilding the temple. One day out of the approximately 7,300 days that it took to rebuild the temple. Now, which day do you think God decided to highlight? I mean, was it the groundbreaking day when 70 years after the temple had been destroyed, the work of rebuilding it finally began? That was an exciting day. Was it the day when the new cornerstone for the temple had been laid? Another great day. Was it the day when the work was finally completed? Or the day a year later when it was dedicated? Now, each of those days were big and important days in this multi-year project. But this is what we read in Zechariah chapter 4, verses 8 through 10. Then the word of the Lord came to me. The hands of Zerubbabel have laid the foundation of this temple. His hands will also complete it. Then you will know that the Lord Almighty has sent me to you. Who despises the day of small things? Men will rejoice when they see the plumb line in the hand of Zerubbabel. So God acknowledges, first of all, the first day and then the last day of construction. But then he goes on to pick out a very obscure moment in a seemingly insignificant day in the very middle of this project. The scene is of Zerubbabel. He's the man that's in charge of the construction, and he's using a plumb line to check the previous day's work. This is what a plumb line looks like, the heavy weight on the end of a string. And the weight at the end of that string hangs straight, which allows you to evaluate what's been built and to see whether it's square, whether it's level. Now, this was an everyday task for Zerubbabel. So God points to this moment and says, who despises the day of small things? What's the right answer to that question? The answer that God is looking for is obvious. Not me. I don't despise the day of small things. God is saying, don't make the mistake of despising the importance of these small days. The days of public celebration occurred both when the project was begun of rebuilding the temple and when it was dedicated. No one missed those days. Everyone remembered those days. 
But what's easy to miss in the middle of all of the many much smaller moments is the importance of those moments, these plumb line kind of moments that are actually required to get to the big days. You see, big days don't just materialize out of thin air. Big days are made possible by the small ones. Now, our media culture leaves the small days on the editing room floor because, well, there's so many of them, and they're just boring. But God points to a small day in this passage and says, look, you see that? You see how important that is? Don't despise that. That's what really matters. There's tremendous power in those small days. There's two very powerful things happen in every small day. The first is this. It's in the small days that we set direction. We get to set direction every single day. Now, big days loom large in our minds because, well, they mark the arrival of an important destination. It may be a destination like July 4th, 1776, when our nation was born. Or maybe it's more of a personal destination like the day you got married or the day your child was born. We also set our sights on future destinations and the the big days that will mark our arrival at those destinations. The day maybe when we graduate from college or we start a business or we begin our career or the day we retire. In Zechariah, the desired destination that this book is about is the completion of the temple. Now, like most of our big day goals, this was a great destination to aim for. But there's a problem that comes with thinking that destination arrival is what really marks our importance. And the problem is this. What if we don't get to the destination that we've been aiming at? What if we can't graduate? What if we don't retire? Is life then suddenly meaningless because we didn't arrive at the destination that we've been aiming for? Now, Zechariah was facing impossible odds in this task of rebuilding the temple. Zerubbabel, the one who was in charge of construction, was in over his head, really. The rebuilding effort was creating a lot of turmoil, political turmoil in the time. And there was some armed opposition that was beginning to rise, and Zerubbabel had no soldiers for protection. At any moment, the king of Assyria might decide to end the risk of inflaming the entire region into political turmoil and decide just to shut the entire project down. So there was no way that they could guarantee that they would actually finish this project. And so it's at this point that God reminds Zerubbabel, the construction leader, how things really are accomplished, how things get done. Here's what he says in verse 6 of chapter 4. So he said to me, this is the word to Zerubbabel, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord Almighty. What God is saying is that Zerubbabel, just if you measure your strength, if you look at all the workers that you have and all of the political opposition, and you use that to decide whether or not this will be done, you're going to miss the whole way things get done. It is by the power and might of God that big days arrive or do not arrive. Now, we all, of course, have important roles to play in the arrival of these big days. If Zerubbabel and his team stops working, well, the temple is not just going to rebuild itself. They're going to have to keep working on it. But they lack the power to guarantee its completion. Now, we've all been educated recently about how little power we have when it comes to the big days. All of our big day plans were suddenly brought to an end by this virus. Our collective calendars were suddenly altered. And if big days are how we measure our significance, then we will be in trouble because we lack the control to make them happen. 
And it's a very risky thing to measure the significance of your life based on what you have no power to do, which is bring about the arrival of the big days. The big days are out of our hands. All that we have are the small days to be significant with. The big days are in God's hands. The small days are the gift that he's given to us. Now, you can and I can, should and work hard to accomplish big goals. But what if you don't reach those goals? Have all of your days up to then been a waste? No. What then can we do with our small days that will add up to something important and significant? Zechariah 6 verse 15 says this, Those who are far away will come and help to rebuild the temple of the Lord, and you will know that the Lord Almighty has sent me to you. This will happen if you diligently obey the Lord your God. So what this is talking about is suddenly, out of the blue, right probably at the time when the project looked like it was going to fail, people from far and wide were going to begin to show up and help Zerubbabel in this effort to rebuild the temple. Why would they suddenly show up? Had they been given an invitation? No, there's no indication that they had. The reason they're going to show up, it says in this verse, is God will do this. He will prompt people from all different places around the then-known world to suddenly come and begin to help in this effort. Now, why will that big day happen? What could Zerubbabel do to make that day happen? It says, this will happen if you diligently obey the Lord your God. Now, diligence is not something that happens in one day. Diligence is a day-by-day doing of the same thing. That's a small-day activity. So what did Zerubbabel do diligently daily? Well, he obeyed God. That was his compass setting. Day after day, he just kept getting up and asking the same question, and that is, what does God want me to do today? That's the question we need to ask ourselves. What does God want me to do today? And then he did that. There were no crowds watching him make this decision. There was no one applauding every time he decided to do the right thing. He just did this privately, day after day, diligently. Now, it must have seemed like a small thing because it was so private and so, well, every day. But God, the one who has the power to actually make things happen, was watching in these small days. He was watching this diligence. He was watching this obedience. And it was a big deal to him. So after thousands of these small, diligent, obedient days, these decisions by Zerubbabel, then one day that I'm sure Zerubbabel will never forget, people began showing up to help. And the project suddenly seemed possible at that point. So every day, we get to do the same thing. We get to set direction. We get to wake up, and we get to decide, what is this day going to be about? Is it going to be about us and what we want, or is it going to be about God and what he wants? Now, that seems like a, a pretty small decision. But you add all those decisions up, and it's a big deal. That daily decision is what will have the biggest impact on the shape of our life. That is big. Now, the reason a plumb line or a level is used in construction is because we can't always sense what straight is. We can't just eyeball or feel something that's square or level. And the reason is we're affected by our surroundings. If, for example, we're standing on crooked ground, then something that is crooked will look level to us because relative to us, it looks straight to us. So this is why we need a reference point that's outside of our own surroundings. And a plumb line or a level is not affected by our surroundings because, well, its reference point is gravity. It's beyond. It's outside of us. 
And when it comes to building a life, we similarly need an external reference point, something that's beyond us, something that's just beyond our sense of what is right and wrong. Most people honestly build their lives based on their surroundings. Whatever their culture says is true, or whatever their friends think is true and important, and whatever's popular. And so we tend to build our lives day by day just kind of feeling our way forward. Now, if you were to build a construction project just feeling your way forward, it would be a disaster. And we tend to not realize that what we have built is crooked until we've built for a while and the weight of it begins to crack and fall apart and our lives begin to fall apart. God, the one who created gravity, has given us a life-building plumb line, and that is his words recorded in the Bible. And every day, we can get up and we can read a little bit of those words and we can evaluate our life and we can obey, we can move forward. Now, a plumb line is used daily because, well, it's easy to correct mistakes daily. If you don't measure something until three months after everything's been built, well, that's going to be a big problem to begin to correct that. And the same thing is true with God's Word. Every day we need to get up, read God's Word, and decide to obey what we've read and do this day after day. Now, the second great power that's resonant in every little small day is this. It's in the small days that we make progress. We get to make progress. So once direction is set, it takes a lot of small days to get somewhere. Now, why did Zerubbabel get the plumb line out and measure that wall? Well, it's because the wall presumably had just been built. And it was something that indicated the progress that was occurring day by day in the construction effort. And this is the great opportunity that's resonant only in the small days. Every small day, we get to make progress. In fact, it's the small days... That's how, that's how things really get done. Big days, well, they mark the arrival of momentous events. But the small days are how those events actually occur, how they arrive. For example, the day the Declaration of Independence was signed was a big day, but that day didn't just materialize out of thin air. It was the product of a lot of small days that no one remembers. The priests in this story, in the book of Zechariah, in chapter 7 of this book, they, they ask a question of the prophet. They ask if they should still commemorate the day when the temple was destroyed. Now, they'd been doing this now for 70 years. Every year on the anniversary of its destruction, they had gathered together as a people, led by the priests, and they had mourned that awful day. But now that a new temple was being built, they were beginning to wonder if it still made sense to commemorate the destruction of the temple when the new one was being built. And so God uses this request to make a very important point. Every year, as I said, they gathered to remember the big and awful day when the Assyrian army invaded and destroyed Jerusalem and the temple. And they mourned on that day, and honestly, they felt like victims on that day because that's what it looked like had happened. But it turns out they were not victims of that big and awful day. They had actually caused it. Here's what we read in chapter 7, verse 9. This is what the Lord Almighty says, administer true justice, show mercy and compassion to one another. Verse 11, but they refused to pay attention. Stubbornly, they turned their backs and stopped up their ears. And then verse 14, this is how they made the pleasant land desolate. So it looked to them, every time they gathered to remember the destruction of the temple, it looked like they were mourning the fact that they were victims once again. They had not provoked Assyria as far as they can tell. But it turns out that they had provoked God. 
not just on one day, but day after day after day for decades. You see, every day that they had decided to refuse to pay attention to what God says about how to treat others was an important day that they didn't see. They had never once thought that on those small days, they were marching just a little closer to the day when the city would be destroyed. They didn't make the connection. It was just another day, a small day, a day when they turned their backs on what God had said and decided to treat people the way they wanted to treat people. But God was watching. And this is the way small days are. They are 24 hours of progress that takes us somewhere, either eventually to a destination that we will love or to one that, well, honestly, we will grieve over. Now, none of these people ever woke up and said, you know what, one day I would like to make the land desolate. So what can I do today to advance that horrible day? No, they never thought that. They never thought, I want that bad day to happen, so today I'm going to stubbornly refuse to pay attention to what God wants me to do, and I'm going to do what I want to do. That never occurred to them. They just did what they wanted to do. Ignored God, small day by small day. And then on one big and awful and horrible day, they arrived finally to the place they had been moving day by day toward for decades. Small days really matter. They carry us somewhere. They take us somewhere. So in this bizarre time, when the landscape has been scrubbed completely clean of all of the big days, we have been given, I believe, a tremendous gift the chance to focus our attention on how important the small days really are. No more escaping off on the big trips that we can get distracted by that we've been looking forward to. No running off to concerts or sporting events for a while now. Now, those are not bad things to do. They're just not small enough to change our lives and our futures, and they distract us sometimes. They don't set the direction of our life. They don't help us to progress anywhere. Wouldn't it be great if we are changed by this forced detox from our big days? What if we learned in this season how to find meaning and purpose in the small days rather than leapfrogging from one big day to the next and just enduring the small days? And what if we learned how to wake up every day and set the direction of our life in the right way and then make progress in that direction? we would come out of this time in a much better place and with a much brighter, brighter future than we entered. And I think we might actually then look back on this time as one of the greatest gifts of our lifetime. So in the weeks to come, we're going to be taking a close look at these small days and how to make the most of them. Let's pray together. Father, you are the author of every single day. We thank you for all the days you've given us. We thank you for the many big days that we remember, and we look forward to the time when we'll get to return to some big days. We ask for your help with the big sad days that represent grief. We thank you for how you comfort us in the middle of the, of the shadow of those days. And Father, today we recognize what you have said, and that is that we should not despise the small days, and we admit that we have, and we often do. And right now, all we have are small days. And we're struggling because we entered this season honestly tending to despise the importance of these small days. So I pray that you would help us to see the gift that you've given us in this season, the chance to retool our perspective on the kinds of days that really matter and the kinds of opportunities that we get every single day. 
Help us as we move through this series to make the most of the opportunity that are embedded in each of our 24-hour days. We pray this now in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.